0: Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair, and to get 20% off your order, use code CLUTTERFREE. Again, that's ActiveSkinRepair.com and use code CLUTTERFREE to get 20% off your order. Well, hey there, my friend. Welcome back to the show. I'm Deanna Yates, and you are listening to Wanna Be Clutter Free, episode 164. On today's episode, I'm chatting with Suzanne Goulden, another self-proclaimed minimalist, but she has an interesting twist. We are chatting about how she handles life as a minimalist when her husband is not. So if you have a partner who loves stuff more than you do, well, keep listening because she has some good tips for you. And if you are that stuff-loving half, well, then you might enjoy getting a different perspective and seeing how the other side is looking at the stuff. I loved this conversation, and every time I chat with someone new, I am reminded of why I love this podcast so much. I get to connect with cool people from around the world and share that information with you, and I love learning from others, getting a different perspective and different viewpoints and new ideas. It lights me up every day, and I appreciate that you are here for it. So before we get into our conversation, I want to say thank you for joining me today. I am so grateful that you are here and I hope that you walk away from today with some actionable ideas for your life or a new perspective on how to handle the stuff that we have in our lives with our loved ones. If you enjoy what you hear, can you please do me a favor and leave a rating and a review? You can rate the show right now on most podcast listening apps, but you can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can leave a comment on a specific episode in Spotify, or you can even leave a comment on YouTube for these newer guest episodes where I'm also sharing them there. I would love if you could take a minute to give the show a shout out. It really supports the show. Your reviews actually help me get more listeners and get more guests for the show for you to learn from. So thank you so much for taking a moment and doing that today. And now let's learn a little bit more about my amazing guest. Suzanne Golden has been a minimalist since 2018, and she's made many observations about creating a minimalist home. It's a process and a journey. While recovering from non-functioning burnout since 2021, Suzanne had to reevaluate priorities and learn to make intentional lifestyle choices in order to prioritize self-care. So through her blog, her goal is to inspire other people like you to live a simpler life and feel the stress fall away sounds good to me. So give this episode a listen. And when you are done, head over to wannabeclutterfree.com slash 164 to get the show notes for today's episode with links to Suzanne's website, resources, and more. Again, you can find it all at wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 164. And now let's get to our conversation. Well, Suzanne, thank you for joining me on the Wannabe Clutter Free Show. How are you doing today?
1: Great. Thanks for having me today.
0: Oh my gosh! It's my pleasure. I'm excited. We are going to be talking minimalism and talking with another quote unquote minimalist. We'll get into that in a little bit. What? Why I'm saying quotes here? But why don't you tell us about yourself and how you got into minimalism?
1: Yeah, I've been a minimalist for about five years now, and I started by watching the documentary. Mm-hmm. What was it called the Minimalist? I think
2: yes on it's Netflix. Drug.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was curious. I don't know if I saw a trailer or what it was about it. I was curious to see what it was. And my husband was sitting with somebody said, hey, I'm curious. Let's give it a try and see if it's interesting. And I think within 30 seconds, I was like, oh, my gosh, what is this magic? And by the end of the show, I was sold. I was like, I'm doing my house. I'm doing my whole house. And so on that show, they talk about their 30 day challenges where Mm -hmm. on day one, you get rid of one thing, two, two things and so on up to 30. I think over three years, I did five of those uh, with various friends, sometimes the same friends, sometimes different friends. And it just, the things that I got rid of by the fifth round, three years later, were so different from the things I was getting rid of the first round. And I just learned so much about the process that, you know, that there's kind of stages to it. It's not something you just do in a weekend. It's you develop, I call it growing muscles. It's like the same as building muscle. You get used to it. You start to change your mindset. It's a process, it's not something that just happens. Like the desire to meet the goal happened overnight. I watched that documentary and I was like, this is it. This is what I want. But the process of getting there was much slower for me anyway. Like it was, I had so much stuff go out of my house but every round i had so much stuff going out of the house and now i don't do those challenges anymore i don't need to it's just become a lifestyle habit where i have a box constantly by the door yeah, okay. and as i walk around i find something it gets added to the box and when the box is full i take it off to the thrift store and so it's just habit now and lifestyle now too to be at this point where when it's time to clean the house you spend 5 or 10 minutes Declutter and putting away the stuff that you've left lying around, and you put that away, and it's then you're ready to clean the house. Like it's super simple
0: for sure. Yeah, it's, such a time I mean, saver, absolutely. And right, and like you said, I like how you said, you know, where you have the things that are left out because life happens, right? I, well, yeah. I sometimes think people think about minimalism and they think, Oh, your house must always be put together. And I'm like, are you kidding? Oh, gosh, no, we did craft time this weekend, and there is stuff all over my living room. And yes, of course, I don't ever want it to be a place where. Our family doesn't feel like they can't live because it has to be perfect or pristine. That is definitely not what it's all about. And we'll get into that. But I love that challenge, too. I actually do it in reverse. And I've run that a few times with listeners and readers. And I call it the avalanche declutter challenge because I like starting big. I'm someone that like if I make a decision, I want to just run with it. But I also know that I have to pace myself. And so I like to start the opposite where I get rid of 30 things on the first day and then work my way down because it just makes it for me, it makes more sense because I'm like really excited at the beginning. And so one thing I'd be like, that's it?
1: Yeah, (laughs) I wish I'd thought of that because when I've done it with friends, you know, too, I'd have people who were like, oh, it was like day three and they've got 15 things. And I'm like saying to them, whoa, wait, hold on a second. Don't forget by the time you get to day 20, and on this actually gets really difficult and they're like oh yeah i said i don't know how much stuff you have to get rid of maybe this is easy but you just pace yourself but i actually love that if i ever do this again i'm going to do it that way because you're right you're so yeah. gung-ho at the start and then yeah, yeah i've got this one one thing Here's and the then one thing, <laughs> it's hard by the time you get to 30 i, mean, I like- love that yeah. Love it! I'm going yeah, because yes. I'm
0: thinking like you did five challenges, and so it's 465 things each yes. challenge, and each so 20. you're looking at over 2,200. Quick math on the top of my head, ballpark it. Yeah, I yeah I haven't done the math, things, but I'll go right? with that. Yeah, uh, yeah, and plus like,
1: tons of stuff that I didn't count, like I would like the stuff course. in between the challenges yeah. that I did. Yeah. So right. I would say easily double that.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Okay, yeah. so are your are you the only one in your family? Not your immediate family, but like your friends' family. Are, do you have other people around you that are into this lifestyle?
1: I wouldn't say to the point that I am.
0: Yeah.
1: No, I think I've got a lot of people watching. Okay. And, and curious coming along and doing things, but not, I w- and I don't call myself extreme by, no, me by any sense. I was explained to people, there's the people that have 15 things in a backpack that sleep on their friend's sofa. That's not me. There's the tiny house people, still not me. I live in a three bedroom bungalow. You would walk into my house and not even necessarily know that we're a minimalist. Just our house is super tidy. But we still have a bookshelf. We still have ornaments from when we traveled. We've just dwindled them down so that when you look at it and we look at it, we see the pieces we love, the pieces we've let go of, the stuff that doesn't, that detracts from seeing what we really want to see, right? Gosh. But somebody walking into our house doesn't know all that thinking that went into that, doesn't know all the questions we asked of, I can tell a great story about when we did our ornaments, right? Yeah, um let's do it. My husband is not a minimalist. He appreciated the documentary. I think he got terrified when he started mm. seeing the boxes of stuff going out of the house. He is very much a just-in-case person, which... I've gotten way past now. And he loves to point out the five times I've gotten rid of something and then had to go rebuy it Mm. because we needed it later. Anyway, so he gets hung up on some of these things. He's not quite as far along as I am. So we have this bookshelf in our living room and it is a wall of bookshelf and there's a combination of books, DVDs and ornaments on it. And so several times I'd gone through my own books, not his I went through DVDs and then just had him double check these and make sure that there's anything he wanted to pull back out. That's fine. But the ornaments were always something that he, no, nope, I liked them all. I'd mm-hmm. say, you know, what would you get rid of here? What would you let go of? Nothing, nothing. It all means something. It was all from a travel. It's all attached to a memory. It's all something. So back in the fall, I came up with this idea and I asked him, I said, to just humor me for a little bit. He was like, all right. I said, let's take all the ornaments off and we're going to put them on the dining room table, because that way we could just see the sheer amount we had. And they filled the dining room table. And I said to him, I said, okay, I've got two questions. I said, one, if the house was burning down, what would you grab? Which we all know in reality is not a safe thing to do. It's just a question, right? What would you grab? And two, if the house burned down, what would you spend money to replace? And he said, how many do I get? And I said, I have no idea. This is an experiment. Like, I have no idea what this is going to turn out. It really is just an open-minded, let's see what happens. And half of me expected him to just grab the whole table and go and put it all back on the shelf. But he didn't. And he, we just took turns with, you know, I would keep this and then I wouldn't save this from a fire. And I was like, okay, yeah. And it just went back and forth, took us maybe 20 minutes, half an hour. And we got rid of more than enough. of what was there i couldn't believe it i don't think he could really i think he was really surprised but when we put it back what we were keeping we put it back on the bookshelf and that's what i was talking about at the beginning now we can see these things right now we can see the things that we really love and really appreciate and we would have a few collections of like multiple things from say we went to hawaii for honeymoon so we had several things from Hawaii and it was like, do we really need all this stuff? I know it's all connected to Hawaii, but what do we really love about what what's attached to the strongest memories? Mm-hmm. And we were even able to dwindle down all these things by working together. And to get rid of something, we both had to agree, you know. If so we both had to say yes, it wasn't I want to get rid of it, so too bad. We it was if one of us wanted to keep it at state. It was just a you know, it was very respectful and it was also fun. But yeah. But we kept way more stuff than we would save in a fire. And we kept more stuff than we would pay to replace in a fire. We know that.
2: Sure.
1: But essentially, that it wasn't about being hardcore. It was just about seeing what's important. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was actually really a lot of fun and something that, you know, I still, that was back in the fall. And I still look at my bookshelf and it's when you declutter something, that breath of fresh air feeling never goes away. When you minimize right. something, we minimize a room, a corner, a something. It months later, you're still gonna walk into a room and go, it I don't know what it is about that feeling. It's just that open space and the simplicity of it, that feel good is always there. And it just stays. It's just been really quite amazing. So I absolutely
0: love that part you just said about that breath of fresh air feeling. Cause it is taking me, I've had rooms where I've decluttered. And I haven't had that feeling like I did at first, right? I was like, oh, this is great. But then I walked back in that room a month later, weeks later. And And so it's almost like that nudge that you weren't quite finished, right? And so if you're feeling that, I think sometimes people are always like, then how do I know I'm done? And I think you just described it when you say that you still have that feeling of calm, peace, breath of fresh air when you enter a space. And that's how you know that you made it
1: yeah I would agree I would agree yeah because there's certainly spaces in like I said my husband and I are not always on the same page about what we keep and what we get rid of so I've always had to be considerate of what it is I'm decluttering so obviously anything that's my own personal stuff I can do whatever I want yeah stuff that is his I don't touch at all and then the general household stuff, for the most part, he's not going to care too much. He doesn't care too much about the kitchen, the laundry room, the linen closet, that kind of, if there's something there, I'll ask him. But it, but for the most part, it, it's not a big deal. And for the most part, he has appreciated, especially the kitchen, when I did the kitchen and just got rid of all the useless stuff and duplicates. <laughs> and oh my gosh, the kitchen was actually fine because yeah, I, I always, I have a large utensil drawer that would be jam-packed and you can't get it open because things get hooked up yeah. in the back of the drawer and it's full. And I remember looking at that drawer and thinking my first time through it, I thought, it's not like I have a favorite utensil, right? Until you start going through it. And then it was like, wait, I do have a favorite slipper and I do have a favorite set of wooden spoons mm-hmm. and I do have a favorite whisk and I do, and you don't even realize because you have the spares just in case your favorite is in the dishwasher that's why you have a spare right my
0: favorite though is if your favorite was in the dishwasher you probably would wash it before uh,
1: you would even use the spare the spare <laughs> and i have the flipper with the super flimsy handle cuz it was from the dollar store yeah anyway i cleared it all out kept only the favorites no backups cuz i thought yes if i need it i'll wash it and clean it and chances are yeah and that drawer just went from full and stacked to just a line of stuff across the bottom and a few things at the back. But I can see everything. And it's still to this day, a drawer that I'm like, yay. Every time I open it, it's like, I still like it. And that was one of the first projects. That was five years ago. And I'm still talking about the drawer,
3: you know, and
1: I've heard my husband talk about the drawer. So he is, so it's something that he noticed too. So he, he can appreciate when I'm, I'm seeing certain things. He is a just-in-case person, so he does questions sometimes. It's like, we have, we've lived here seven years. We haven't used it. It's okay. We're going to let it go. So,
0: let's yeah. talk about real quick. How did yeah. you get over your just-in-case clutter? Because you said at first, you had a lot of that too. So walk us through the process of how you got through your just-in-case clutter.
4: I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilled Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.
1: I don't remember specifically. I think it I think that was just going through that three-year process with the different challenges that that your mindset slowly makes changes and it's because the first time through I got rid of so much stuff the first time through was really easy that challenge that first one is really easy and the second one not too bad the third one by the time I was into the fourth and fifth one I'm like I don't know if I should be doing these challenges I don't know if I have another 465 things to get rid of
0: yeah
1: but you find them one day it was counting paper clips. I'll admit that by <laughs> your
0: fifth time through I think people yeah. can forgive you for counting paper clips.
1: <laughs> yeah And so it I think that was just a growth thing over time, realizing that the just in case items that I was keeping, if you start counting how many years you've had them, and Mm -hmm. it happens, you get rid of something. Two weeks later, you're like, I just got I just got it. It happens. It's not expensive. Those things that had happens to you are not expensive to replace. Like it's fine. Just or you'll find something else. Right. You'll find something else to use is quite oh. often how it works as well. I tell people to prepare for that because
0: you your brain didn't remember you had it. And now you've yes. gone through all this stuff. And so all of that stuff is at the forefront of your mind. So the first thing your brain is gonna think about are the things that they it just saw. And yeah. likely you've gotten rid of some of that. And so there is a moment of that, yeah, er, uh, like you said, just uh, Okay, well, darn it. <laughs> yep. You really could have used that. But then you also have to just say in the same breath, but had I not just gone through this process, I wouldn't have remembered that I had that anyway.
1: And that's what I say to people too. You, yeah. you didn't even know you had it. So you would have gone to buy it anyway. And now you have a duplicate yeah. you don't even know you have. So right. yeah, it's the, right. it's the it works out the same in the end, really. Yes. And for the most part, when you're decluttering, it rarely is it super expensive stuff. If you're choosing to get rid of super expensive stuff, you're probably gonna to try to sell it first or gift it to a loved one before you're you're gonna have a little bit more thought put into those big expensive items before thinking you're gonna to need to replace it. So it's yeah. it's really yeah. I just decided, you know what, just get over it. It's gonna happen. Accept it, get over <laughs> it. You're once in a while I'll have to buy yeah. something. Or like I said, I'll just what could I use instead? Yeah. And hopefully there's something else that that we can use. If you give yeah.
0: yourself a moment, if you ask your brain that question, like, hey brain, what else? What else could we think of? How else could we solve this problem? I would say 75% of the time it'll yeah. come up with a solution. It's yeah. not all the time. I'm not going to say it's perfect, but a lot of the times it will. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. It's now it. I had interrupted you before. You were talking about your husband and his just in case ness. Yeah. So I want to ask about that because that one is always tricky. If one person yeah. doesn't care and the other one is kind of but we might. It happens a lot.
1: Yeah. I still maintain, and even though some occasionally, sure, we, for the most part, we deal with it fine. For the m- most part, we tolerate it and are very respectful and patient with each other. She has a lot of stuff. We have a garage that helps. I cringe. <laughs> I cringe just thinking about it. And the thing is, so does he. And he has said that. He has said that it, he finds it horrifying, the garage and the amount of stuff. He, don't, he can't find anything in it. He knows that. And he has said that. But because we're on such different mindset levels and because we're married and we've known each other for so long and we have a very personal relationship, it's different than when you're working with a client. And it's just that little bit more personal. And yeah, we tiptoe around each other in in that area because it's baby steps. Mm-hmm. And I have to remember to yeah. bring my expectations way down. And he's exercising the muscle reluctantly. Mm-hmm. If his wife wasn't a minimizer, he wouldn't have to do this. <laughs> he wouldn't have to feel or he wouldn't have to feel that he has to do this. I'm not right. I'm not telling him he has to do this. He's the one saying I could use some help and I'm like okay yeah I'll help you and then it doesn't always go very smoothly because the steps that I'm trying to do are working against what he thinks he should do anyway yeah yeah so I would say the answer is lots of patience yeah really just I'm I work very hard at just letting go that's Mm -hmm. it's not my it's not my area. It's not right. my headache. And, you know, one thing I did a few years ago is I wanted to hang a picture on the wall. And I spent two hours looking for a hammer. Okay. And I was really mad. Yeah, I was really mad. Yeah. And I I couldn't find a hammer. So I went, enough. I know I wasted two hours. And again, this is a time thing. This is where minimalism, you know where the hammer is. You don't have to go looking for the hammer. And I just went, enough. And I went to our hardware store and I bought a tool kit and I bought all my own tools. I bought a whole set of my own tools and I bought a padlock.
2: Wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges,
3: and even their bougie coffee shop orders. Mm.
1: Is padlocked, it sits in my closet, and and with strict instructions that you don't ask. You have a hammer somewhere, go find it. You don't get to use my hammer, you don't get to use my tools. Those are my tools, they're my tools, I know where they are. Interesting. If he does ask to use one, he uses it under my supervision so I don't get put back away. I'm super strict about my tools because I thought after that, I went and fixed the problem for myself, that's it. You know, you I go. fixed the problem for myself. And yeah. And so he knows that once in a while, I'm not. I can talk it up. I'm not that hardcore. See, that. I really need a screwdriver first. Have you looked for yours? It's okay. You can use mine, but it goes right back in. Like as soon as you're done, not later, not tomorrow, not I'm going to need it again. Nothing. It goes right back. Away. And yeah, so, I have a complete set of tools that are mine. And I would right. suggest all women should have a complete set of tools that are theirs, really. It's very handy.
0: It is very yeah. handy. It's very yeah. We have a place where our tools go. So a screwdriver is very easily accessible. It's right over here in the drawer behind me. Yeah. But like the hammer and all that kind of stuff is in the entry closet actually makes it real easy to get to Yeah. when we need to. I am fortunate in that I'm definitely further down the path than my husband, for sure. I could probably toss more. I could definitely toss more. Yeah, <laughs> probably. I definitely could. And <laughs> But again, yeah, there is a compromise sometimes and sometimes, all the time, everything in life is a compromise when you're working with more than one person. But he definitely would be, he's more on board if I go the quality over quantity. So he's not, I would say in his own way, he's a minimalist, but as long as the quality is there, right? Yeah. So he is less, if I could replace two things with one that's nicer quality, he's all on board. So sometimes right. it's just figuring out what is the tweak that needs to happen for it to work for both of us, which sounds like you have done as well.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One thing I will say where we've probably really moved leaps and bounds much further is the impulse buy, mm. right? Where we've been able to say we don't, I'm for sure did that a long time ago, but he has really made leaps and bounds forward in we don't really need to spend that money. We don't really need these things. That impulse is really being curbed and it makes a huge difference there. So I would say that there's been a lot of growth in in that area more. So at least we're not adding yeah. to the clutter all the time. We're dealing with what we have, but we're not adding to it because that would just be even yeah. worse. A yeah, huge so.
0: positive. That's a huge positive growth thing to point out too, right? Because Had you not gone down the path. So maybe he's not as far down the path on letting go of stuff. There's a lot more sentimental. There's a whole, there's all that emotional stuff that comes along with the stuff you've had. But if you can stop the stuff coming in, it just does make it so much easier to use up what you have. Uh, And then at that point, like you said, if you start to use the things, then you get them out. You find out if you actually do like them, don't like them. It makes it easier to get through the rest of the process. Huh? All right. So if you're listening and your partner is not on board with the getting out, try to help the stop the coming in and it will make it a little bit easier, too. There's less to manage as it comes in. I think that's the big one of the biggest benefits for me is just the management, right? The Stuff management, being able to find what you need when you need it. Less cleaning all the stuff. What's your favorite part?
1: Yeah, definitely. The I do get a little bit of a kick as I put things into boxes, right? That's a okay. a bit of a woo. I'm getting rid of. I'm getting rid of stuff, and then I go and drop it off at the thrift store, and it's, and it's gone. There is yeah. a little hut. but my favorite part is still always walking into that space after mm-hmm. and going, "Oh wow, that's an empty corner now, and it doesn't need anything." It's how do you keep it so from much filling
0: better. up? How do you keep it from not filling back up?
1: Yeah, I think it's the lack of buy. Okay. Yeah. And it's just, it's making those intentional conscious decisions too. I know somebody that just spent a lot of time decluttering her decor and doing a really great job doing that and moved to a new place. And she was like, oh, I can't wait to figure out what my new theme is going to be. And I said, oh, dear. Oh, dear. Hold on a second. I said, you just spent all this time and energy creating open space. I said, before you decide on a new theme, just sit with what you unpack here first in yeah. your, just appreciate the space for a bit and trying to encourage her to not necessarily jump into refilling that space because that happens so quickly. So quickly, that can, yeah, it's one of the questions I've learned to ask myself that has really helped curb my impulse buying is, and this doesn't necessarily work for the 20 year olds. I've gone this long without it. Or do I really need it now? Yeah. And, true. and it's, it's really been a game changer, that question, because when I see, so I said, oh, that's cool. Hold on. Decor stuff, I have very little use for any kind of decor stuff. I can't remember. Pretty rare now that I buy anything that's purely just decorative. And now I would think it's more outdoor in my gardens and flower gardens and stuff. Maybe I'm still because I'm still putting those together. But but for decor stuff in the house, everything in our house has a meaning. We're not like when you walk into a staged show home when it's all phases and wreaths and (laughs) pictures on the wall that were from Walmart. That's not that's not our house. Everything in our house, I could you point to any object in my house and I'm going to be able to tell you a story, whether it's a short story or a long story. I don't know, but, <laughs> Depends but <on> the
0: thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, but we have nothing in our house that is purely for decor purposes. Right. Everything that you look at here, because if that's what it was, it went a long time ago. That was part of the decluttering process was going through and saying, if it doesn't have any meaning, I would agree.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, we're the same, right? Everything behind me has a story and all the things, all the pictures on our wall are places. It's usually us or places we've been or yeah, yeah, the mirrors even are, the mirrors we have are, have a story like they're from great grandma. And so yeah, 100% on board with that. And I think too, that's also a great way to, if you need something for your house, maybe ask your family, see if they have something that you could use because I do think we don't utilize that portion of our circle like I can imagine that if I needed something and I asked now we don't live close to either of our families anymore so it would be a little bit difficult to get a big thing like a mirror or something from a family member but I can imagine that that might be a possibility and even if they're using it they might be thinking I really wanted to clutter this thing but I don't know where to put it so you never yeah. know. So I think if we have more open conversations and I can just imagine that it would be so nice. Now, our daughter is only 10. I don't have the ability to say, hey, would you like to take this with you to yes. your house? Yes. <laughs> um, not yet. But I can imagine that my parents would be delighted to be able to send something to us that we would use. Yep. So they don't have to think about it anymore either. So I don't know why that idea just popped in my head, but I thought. All of our stuff is from family. Why
1: Maybe. Yeah. Maybe that yeah. would be a good place to shop. Hey, that's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, that's a good idea. And that goes right hand in hand with as the older generation, our parents are, are aging. It's if we could encourage them to start going through their stuff and parting ways with it, but giving it to the people who are going to appreciate it before. They either are forced to downsize and go into a home of some kind or before they pass on. And now their family is left to deal with all these possessions and they don't know necessarily what's important, not important, what was important, if none of it's important, it's all going to just get boxed up. Or you have the family members who are super sentimental and they're caught with so much guilt that they can't get rid of anything. So now they've boxed it up and stuck it in their own basement Or had to go rent a storage locker because they can't get rid of their parents' stuff or their grandparents' stuff because now they're obligated to keep it. And so working with the mindset around that kind of stuff is a whole podcast in itself. But but if we could encourage them to give their stuff to their loved ones while they can still see them enjoy it, you know, if we could get that message, it would just be so much easier to say hey I've got this from grandma and the rest of the stuff in the house then can just go if she's not willing to part with it now then at least we know that the important stuff is right that she's willing to part with
0: yeah and to share the stories behind those things oh yeah while we know while we can pass those stories on and take in those stories and ask questions about the stories instead of the I think the game of telephone I think this was from da 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 and it was about da da and they got it and, it, and so you're not yeah. getting the full picture you don't really know you don't get the emotion behind it the underlying story why it was so important uh, yeah. so I love that yeah absolutely yeah. fully on board
1: so now yeah, if we can just get the message to them <laughs> it's hard but it's more, it yeah. is
0: hard and I think yeah. it's super daunting to think too I've got to go through a lifetime of my belongings but if you could just think of what are the what are the 10 things that I love the most that I want to tell someone a story about? And then once those 10 are done, what are the next 10? Like, it doesn't have to be starting from the bottom. It's like, start with the things you love and then work down. And then it makes it easier to not have to deal with all that stuff that in the end you don't care about, but it's a lot of work. Yeah. I get that. It is.
1: Yeah. It's always every job, even minimizing or downsizing every job break it down into those little tiny bits like that's one of the really important things that i tell people is if you're doing say your linen closet don't empty the whole closet oh yeah don't do that and i know that there are people out there that minimize that actually teach Mm -hmm. empty Mm -hmm. the room and it's no and just put back what you need no because i know not to do it (laughs) yes it's one shelf empty yes. one shelf you can reorganize the stuff later oh this and this should go together that's fine do that after but for the decluttering and minimizing portion of it one shelf at a time because if you get interrupted you're only one shelf in yes. if you have a whole closet on the floor around you and you get interrupted all you're yeah. going to do is take that stuff shove it now now it's even worse organized than when you started yeah and now it's daunting mm-hmm. even more disorganized. And more overwhelming Mm -hmm. and you don't want to go back to it. And it's going to sit like that for, well, months, years. And then you feel like you
0: failed. That's the bigger, oh, that's the biggest part is you don't feel like, you're like, why do I even try? Like, why did I even try? And so then you won't try the next thing where I love what you said there with the, just the one shelf, right? And if you finish and you still have enough energy and enough time, you can do another shelf. No one's not saying you have to only do one. But if you start with one, you can yeah. succeed, and then decide: Do I have more time? Do I not? Versus, yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. and I've done the empty the whole thing. I've done that. Oh That's yeah, how me I know too. it doesn't work. Yeah, it's a disaster.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh no, That's me my, too. Empty, I closet. mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. When well, you're all gun whole and you take down all a whole my laundry room, you start taking everything out, and then it was like, hold off a second. <laughs>
0: And I do appreciate being able to think, okay, clean slate. What are the things that are the only things I would put back in here? So I do love the, from that positive aspect, but it just, sometimes things work better in theory than they do in reality. I think it's,
1: it's the stress and overwhelm that we don't expect because it's almost like that decluttering challenge, right? Like how I love how you're like, let's start with the 30 and work our way down to the one. But if you take that same concept, which works well, I think, in a cluttering challenge, but in right. the room, yep. you're all going, oh, let's empty the whole room is right. not going to have the same kind of impact. That, that creates stress and overwhelm because now you're surrounded and junk. Now you've taken it out of the room and you've put it in what probably the hallway or your living room, yeah. which now creates uh, um Higher amount of stress because now it's visually visual chaos. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. and the visual <laughs> chaos is stressful, and your brain starts to rebel against. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do this anymore, and then yeah. you lose your excitement and your drive and your motivation, and now it's become a chore. And then it takes longer. And just start little. You stay motivated because every time you look at that shelf that's done. It's an endorphin hit, right? You're like, oh, yeah, that looks so good. Let's do the next shelf. Just the shelf. Yeah. And then you've got two shelves that look great. Now you've got motivation to do the third shelf and so on. And just those little bites are, you're way more likely to be successful in taking small bites. And if you get interrupted, it's okay because you didn't have a whole big mess to to deal with. Just take those few things, put them back. And now that's easy to come back to when you have time later. Yeah. It's, yeah, huge difference.
0: Oh, I'm so on board. So on board. I have a question. What is one thing that you have kept that someone would be surprised? Because they know you're a minimalist and they're like, really? You kept that? Or, oh, I'm surprised. Or what's something? Do you have anything like that in your life? I'm curious.
1: I'm not too sure if it's one item I can speak to an area that even I was, I it was a learning curve for me actually through the process. I'm a crafter and I like to paint and I like to decoupage and I like to do all kinds of crafts. But crafting and minimalism just don't go together. And so for a few years, I actually stopped crafting because it mm. was like there's no there's no room for it. it. It just creates clutter. It's it's messy. And I actually decluttered lots of my crafting supplies and all kinds because I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but creators got to create and they got to do it somehow. And in the last year, I really had this strong drive of wanting to be creative and having all these creative juices almost overflow where it was like, I'm really missing something. I'm really missing something here. And I thought, you know what? I need to create stuff. Because that's what I'm really... And I like the creating part of it. Yeah. The after part of it, I'm less concerned about. I'm not necessarily... I'm usually making a gift or making this giveaway, whatever. But I don't necessarily need to keep it. And that was my key thought. And I thought, if I'm really careful with what I'm creating... I could do craft sales and stuff like that, right? And then, and it wasn't about, oh, I can make money because you don't make money doing crafts. By the time you figure out your time doing that, that's not true. But it was about the process of being able to be creative but not having the stuff stay in my house, right? I was able to, and I'm very intentional about what I make. So for the most part, I try to make stuff that's useful. I turn old, I thrift stuff. And I upcycle it, and I turn like old frying pans into wall clocks, and when I all kinds of old books turn it's into insane. all kinds of stuff. And so I find that I, because I'm trying not to create clutter in someone else's house, because it kind of messes with your brain a little bit <laughs> if you start doing. Oh, I'm doing, and it's not that I never do like a wall hanging or this or that. But I'm very selective. Anyway, all that to say is I really felt this need to bring this creativity back into my space. And so we created a desk and an area for me, which I call my art studio, which is in the entrance of our house. But it is one space where I have allowed myself to collect what I need to do my projects. So it's not a decluttered space. It is a space that has stuff because I'm artistic and I might need this or that or the next thing. I have limited the amount of space I'm allowed to take up, right? There's boundaries, but I really enjoy that time. And it's something where I've just said, yeah, you can be a minimalist, but it doesn't mean that it has to be everywhere. And that was a lesson I had to learn for myself that I was denying myself something I absolutely love doing because I'm trying to live this certain way and okay and it worked for a while but there was really something missing for me so I just had to have that little talk I say but it's okay it's okay to be creative and it's okay to go and sell the stuff that you that's okay because you enjoyed making it that's the part that I love and I have pictures of everything I throw it all up on Instagram and I can go back and look at the stuff I made anytime I want and you know and let it go on the other side and so I just find that's sideways answer to your direct question but but yeah I don't know that I have any particular one thing that that somebody would say oh you're keeping that oh actually maybe (laughs) my husband and I For years now, it's become a tradition that between Christmas and New Year's, we make, we're Harry Potter fans and we make a 3D Harry Potter puzzle. And Mm -hmm. so we have Hogwarts Castle. We've done almost all of them like over the years. There's a whole collection of them. And and so, yeah, we have them all up. We have a like a three quarter wall in our kitchen. And so they're all lined up across the top. And we have both looked at them and said it was the fun of making them. Yeah. But if we ever had to move or go somewhere where there was no place for them, because really they're huge and they yeah. take up a lot of room up there. If we ever moved to a place where we didn't have room for them, we would both be fine with partying with them. And it's just not something we parted with now because I think because they're up and out of the way and, and they're connected to memories and I already have the puzzle to make for next year. And right. what's, I think But that could be something that I think maybe people are like. You have all these puzzles. Yeah. I mean,
0: no, yeah. but I think that's so fascinating. And we got into Harry Potter. We're in like the what I mean, fifth round of people that like Harry Potter because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we, I had never read the books, but okay. we read them. How was it just last? No, it's been a year and a half now since we got into it. We got into it right around the holiday break, the Christmas holiday break when our daughter was in, was that then third grade? Yeah. Okay. Uh, So it's just been, it was, yeah, it was great because we got to all experience it fresh. So I'm, we're all on board with the Harry Potter. Although she goes through phases really fast, which has been a great lesson uh, (laughs) for us because she was so into Harry Potter, so into it. We went to Universal Studios for Mother's Day, just finished this book. And so, yeah, it took us like, what, six months from December to May got through all the books. We had a Harry Potter birthday. She has a summer birthday. So we had a Harry Potter birthday party. She was so into it. By the end of summer, she was done. It didn't even last a year for her. Like, we'll still do Harry Potter stuff. But like for how into it she was, I was shocked by how fast it went. But she just got into a new book series, right? Like she got into something else and now that's taking the precedent. So I know we're not talking about kids and their clutter, but even with adults, sometimes phases pass and we can yeah. give them a breath yes to say they're super into this now let's pause and see if they're still into it in a month
1: but you know what that's a really important lesson too to consider is if you had said hey she's super into harry potter she's had a birthday and i don't know if you did this or not but well that'd get her the bedding Let's get her okay. the, yeah. the yeah. curtains and let's get her yeah. the let's paint her walls and let's yeah. let's do the whole bedroom theme. And then at mm-hmm. the end of the summer, she's yeah, sick of it over it. And you're like devastating. I would have been devastated. Yeah. yeah. So it's an important lesson to remember that kids go through these phases and you don't have to spend money on or they can have just mm-hmm. the normal bedding. Or right. I've even seen really great tips about get them the like just a solid color say navy blue whatever solid color bedding and then buy a throw pillow yes yeah buy a throw pillow mm-hmm. and let them or color some artwork or create your own artwork and frame it yeah and there's ways around spending a ton of money yeah on getting your kids all the brand name stuff yeah. it's not necessary not necessarily necessary
0: I was going to yes. say that. Get the neutrals and then accessorize with yep. things that can be swapped out if your kids are really into that theme kind of decor. Our daughter never really seemed to have been into it. I don't know. Maybe it's because I just didn't entertain the idea.
1: Yes. And maybe yeah.
0: that I never entertained it. So she just didn't even know it was an option. And then COVID came and we weren't really at people's homes at the time where she would have really been forming that, hey, they have all of this stuff and I right. want that stuff too. So maybe we locked out there. I don't Baby. know. Baby. But yeah, thankfully she hasn't really been into that, but I, I can see that. But we have that same kind of philosophy in our house. We don't do a huge decor for, we don't do a big decoration for each holiday either. And so we do more neutral, a few accessories here and there, which can when you don't do it very often and you don't have yeah. a lot of stuff those few little things do stand out so yeah definitely well, Yeah.
1: Some. This,
0: um, this has been so fun Susanna, yeah thank you i really yeah. enjoyed yeah. thanks for having me this is a great minimalist and quote unquote because we're not extreme either i mean yeah. by no means i'm a suburban mom i can't just live with 15 things in a backpack no it's no it's not gonna happen
1: minimalism is on such a spectrum right and and i think people get caught up in hearing the stories of these four core stories and that's fine now everybody's at their thing and if that's their thing that's their thing but that doesn't have to be your story it doesn't there's a whole spectrum of things you can live a real life but the de-stress that you experience from just letting go of the things that don't mean anything that you don't need and emptying your house of things you need to clean it's a time saver it's a money saver there's so many things that you can just simplify it's a huge it's a huge stress relief overwhelm relief you walk into your house and it's one less thing that you're needing to manage on a big scale it drops down in the scale of things that you need to manage and us as women we manage everything we work and we have family and we have a house and we have a social life and we have on and on and on extended family. We're responsible for it all. Simplify your house and get that down to the minimum. And that is a huge thing. And if you have kids and you're setting the example, they are learning. They might not be doing it right away, but they are watching. They are watching and they will make those decisions later on. My kids were already adults when I started. So they're watching from a distance, but yeah. but they know what's happening. <laughs>
0: yeah. So this has been wonderful. Where can people find you? Because I they know they're going to want to follow up and check you out, that stuff.
1: Yeah, I have a website, SuzanneGolden.com. And I write a regular blog there. And I assume you'll link to it in the For show. Sure. We will yeah. absolutely link to uh, great. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook as well. And I actually... I've just posted with a good friend of mine who's a holistic chef. Her name is Elizabeth and uh, We have just started our own podcast as well. We posted our first episode yesterday and oh, it's called uh, Thank you. It's called Destination Simple. So check that out. And, okay. and we're talking about simple living ideas, intentional oh, wow. choices. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Fantastic. Of course, fun. we will link in the show notes to all of this because people are busy and they're doing all sorts of things and It'll be easier for them just to click on through instead of write it down. Perfect. Uh, Definitely check out Suzanne, you guys. And my favorite way to end every episode is with three rapid fire questions. So here we go. The first one is, what does clutter-free mean to you? Because we've talked about minimalism so much.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think clutter-free to me is when you're able to walk into a room and it that breath of fresh air feeling that i talked about at the beginning you can feel that when it's clutter free yeah it's super tidy
0: right number two is there anything we missed or that you want to reiterate just to make sure that our listeners hear it today
1: rapid fire right (laughs) my brain is like that is okay yeah no we covered a lot of topics actually i think yeah i think we're good yeah
0: okay fantastic And then number three, what is making you happy right now or in this season of your life?
1: Oh, we're actually new gardeners. And a couple of years ago, it's been a, when I say we're new gardeners, it's been a process. A couple of years ago, we built the garden, built a greenhouse. And uh, last year we had a terrible spring here. It was practically winter until July. So everybody got planting late. So we only did the greenhouse. So this year is our first year we've planted the whole garden, the greenhouse, and everything. and. So now it's been so much fun because every day we go out there and it's oh there's a new sprout oh this is coming out what's this what did we plant here I don't remember we have to check the I do have a garden map and yes. have to go check the, whatever is, is coming out and yeah and so it's it's bringing a lot of fun and, and joy and feeling successful right now that things are happening so we'll see how it goes into the fall but yeah so our garden has been a lot of fun.
0: That's awesome. I wouldn't have even thought about the garden map. So that is good to know. Yes. <laughs> if yes. I ever do get into gardening, make a garden map because I will a forget what yeah. I planted in different places. And that's good to know. Oh, yeah. fantastic. Like I said, Suzanne, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing just your journey and your story and how it's worked for you and just how you've been patient and accepting and letting things go with your spouse, who isn't as far on the journey as you are, but it's definitely not going to help if we nag and push and push them away
1: in the process. Yeah, so that just creates digging heels in. It doesn't get anywhere. It's better to, if I get frustrated, sometimes those <laughs> discussions happen, but I've like, just walk away. Just, yeah, just walk away. Right. Yeah.
0: And in the end, it doesn't matter. Right. It's stuff.
1: No. Yeah. yeah it's just stuff. Yeah. It's not worth the, we get along great and it's not worth having us big. Elephant in the room between us, like, why let it go? I, like I say, I just don't look, you know, I just don't look. I got my own toolbox. I don't have to go in there. I don't have to go into the garage (laughs) that is his space. It's all set. (laughs) Awesome. You have a wonderful day. You too. Thanks for having me. This is great.
0: Cheers. That was fun, right? I love getting to connect with others who are also on a minimalist or more intentional living journey. It is really cool to see where we have similarities, where we differ, and what led us to this path in the first place. But I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. What were your favorite parts? Did you have any big takeaways? So go ahead and comment on this post on Instagram or send me a DM. I'm at Clutter Free on all the social channels. Or you can actually leave a review for this show on Apple Podcasts. You can leave a comment on this episode in Spotify, or you can comment on this particular episode on YouTube. Or come on over to the Wannabe Minimalist Family Group on Facebook and share with the community there. We have a discussion thread that will be going, and I know we would love to chat with you, find out what you liked, and just have that conversation over there. So come on in. It's a nice, warm, and welcoming community, and we'd love to have you. And thanks again to Suzanne for joining us on the show today and for sharing her journey with us. Remember, you can get more detailed show notes by heading over to wannabeclutterfree.com slash 164. Again, that's wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 164 to find out more about Suzanne. And as always, thank you for joining me today too. With that, I hope you have an amazing day and I'll see you back here next week for a solo episode. I'm going to be talking about creating routines in your home. As we get back into that back-to-school time, it's really great to implement these routines, although it is great to incorporate them anytime. Even if you are a few years before school, after school, kids have left the house already, no problem. These routines actually will work really well. But as I talked about last week with fresh starts, the school year is a great fresh start time. And so as we head into fall, I love to kind of review and revamp our routine, see what's been working, what hasn't. And so that is what I'm going to talk about next week. All right, until next time, take care, think clutter-free, and remember, I believe in you. I'm Deanna Yates, and you've been listening to Want to Be Clutter-Free. I'll see you next week. Cheers.
2: No one told us the truth about parenthood.